Uh, the Lord is good. Uh, I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, say an amen. Amen. All right, before we take our seats, we'll, what we are going to do, of course, our school of prayer, we are going to study a bit and then we'll continue to pray. If you believe the Lord has heard us so far, give me an amen. Amen. All right, before we take our seats, therefore, let's take our declaration of understanding, which we always do as we begin to study. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you hear what he said? He's healing me where? In every area. Say that again. He's healing me in every area. Say one more time. He's healing me in every area. What is healing in every area? The word of God. So let's say it again. He's healing me in every area. All right. The Lord is good. Now that's what's going to, everybody's going to experience today. Amen. Especially, there's a special anointing for healing in every area today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a special anointing for healing in every area by reason of the word that is coming for today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take our seats, let's study a bit, then we'll rise to continue to pray. The Lord is good. Amen. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And not to get tired. Remember, every time he gives a commandment, every time he gives an instruction, the opposite is natural. Do you hear what I said? If he says, that shall not steal, as you are growing in life, you will want to steal. So that's why that commandment was given. Anytime he gives a commandment, just bear it in mind. The opposite is natural. To come to you, Naturally. So life is full of temptations. Life is full of temptations. What are temptations? The suggestions and pressures in life to do that which opposes the order of God. That is the spiritual order that God has put in place. The suggestions and calls and pressures in life that we entice or try and press us to oppose or disobey that which God has expressly commanded. That's temptation. And life is full of them. Life is full of temptations. So that's why God gives instructions to help us against temptations. So when they say men ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying or to faint, what it means is that the natural thing is that men will not pray all the time and they will easily get tired of praying. And again, I want to remind us why will somebody get tired of praying? There are a number of reasons. One of those reasons is that the individual becomes convinced it's not working. I hope you're getting my point. That's it. Persistence in prayer is one of the signs of faith. Prayer does not always beget quick results. Prayer does not always beget quick results. There are times you pray today, the answer does not show up for the next one year. But you have to remain in faith for the next 364 days. Otherwise, you inactivate the prayer you said on day zero. 
I hope you're getting my point. That's one thing people don't understand. They think prayer is just, let me test it. If it works, good. If it doesn't work, then we abandon it. No. Prayer is commitment. Prayer is commitment. It is, I will not go. You are the only one that can bless me. That's what it means. You are saying to God, to whom shall I go? Where else will I go? You are my help. The Lord is my help. The Lord is my help. The Lord is my help. You are saying to him, I can receive help. That is, help comes to me from no other place. There is none good but God. That is the meaning of prayer. That is the significance of prayer. Anyone who is not praying is saying, I have help elsewhere. There's something I say all the time. I tell my wife that almost at least, if it's maybe a bad week, two, twi- two times. And it just is wonder. I just wonder. I say in this life, those who are not praying, or those who don't know the Lord, how do they cope? Because when I have troubles, I know what I do. I get on my knees. There are times I plan well for the prayer. You know this kind of plan? Like you go and base, dress over your time. <laughs> like, I'm okay with you right now. <laughs> Where are you going? I want to go and pray. <laughs> We're not literal tie, you know. I read my scriptures, put together my points. Someone as I'm telling the Lord, I'll see you later. Let everybody sleep first. And sometimes I've seen drama. Ah, I've seen some results in prayer. I've seen. I have seen. I've seen results in prayer. That is, and of course, one thing I also notice the peace of God is like Paul said, he's the first thing that comes. And usually for me, it's a sign that okay, it's all right, go and sleep. You pray sometimes, then you, you get tired, you go and sleep. That is physically tired, not spiritually now. And you wake up in the morning, just feel refreshed. Songs drop in your mouth, you just feel like singing all the time. Physically, trouble hasn't gone away. But there's a song inside your heart which tells you that God is working. God answers prayers. The reason why it appears like he doesn't, the number one reason is that people are not faithful to him. In their heart, you know, you can see your heart. A lot of people come to God, they are not, they are not committed to him. They say, like, okay, I hear that you know, I get a solution, and they come. I don't know whether you are getting my point. So they test the solution for like uh, one month. If it doesn't work, they look for another solution. Such a person doesn't receive anything. He's double-minded. Let me tell you the kind of thing that God understands. The person that says that if you don't help me, let me just die at your feet. That's it. That God, see, eh? I have come. I will never go. I won't go away. If you not help me, it's because you have decreed I should die here. And let me just die. So you still bury people. I heard you buried Moses. You know, God buries people. Say, Lord, I heard you buried Moses. No problem. Bury this one. But he, he I'm, I'm not going. He can see it. Sometimes, you see, the truth is that he sees it from the beginning. The moment the fellow shows up, he knows. Is this a tester or a faithful one? There are people that say things like, I'm just giving God for the next one month. After that, See, in this life, eh, don't struggle with people who are more powerful than you. No point. God is more powerful than you. Don't be giving him time. I hope you're getting my point. Even physically. Eh? Some people are just stubborn. When I, was, when I was in secondary school, one young man, classmate of mine, a little older than me, gave me a word of wisdom. In secondary school, I was a very small guy. Now, you won't think about oppressing me. Now. <laughs> I was small and I was oppressible. I was one of those boys who went to school as a very small age. So that boys were older than me. A lot of people in my class were up to three years older than me. So you know the way it is. The guys kind of, they could have grabbed muscle before you. and They're taller than you and all of that. 
So some of these boys, they will come. You know, bullies. Secondary school now. And I was in body house. So they tell me that I will just beat you and I will look at you. You can't beat me. What will you do? I will be shouting. I want the... That other that guy came to me. He called me to the side. He said, look, Banky, they will just beat you. And nothing will happen. He said, it mentioned one guy. You see somebody like Kola telling you they will beat you. And you're they won't beat you. Why can't he beat you? Can't you see the difference in your size? The guy, by the time he was done that day, I saw this guy get wisdom more. He said, if he's the one. And the guy was very, very wise. No, he, in fact, he was crafty. Not just wise. He was very crafty and devious human being. You know, he's very, very smart. So, so he said to me, say if he was the one, you know what he would say? That he would say, okay, you will beat me. Okay, how, when you will have finished beating me, how will it have profited you? That was the answer he used to give the bullies. Yeah, go ahead, beat me. Say, when will you have, fin- when will you have finished beating me? How will it have profited you? Okay, now show them that you can beat me. Okay, go ahead. You have proven to everybody. I said they did not know before. By the time he's done with you, eh? <laughs> By the time he's done with you, you'll be fully foolish. Just say, this is your mouth, and that's it. Yeah, you will leave him alone. What am I going to say? Listen, in this life, eh, I've seen a lot of uh, people raise their shoulders for their boss. They're just asking for nothing. Why are they going to do that? Nobody will be raising shoulders for God if God does not answer by the end of the week. So what will you now do? I'll now go and save Satan. Who will go to hellfire? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Let me tell you somebody, something about God in case you don't know before. He holds the yam. He holds the knife. So get it clear. He even holds your mouth. He holds the fire to roast the yam. He holds the throat with which you swallow it. So better learn his ways and humble yourself. He, Lord, I just want to say something. It's not the best, best way to say, but it's just good for the, my brethren to understand. We are very lucky that he's a good God. If he was a bad God, we are dead. It's just that we are lucky he's a good God. And he has manifested towards his goodness. So you don't go to him and be raising shoulder. See, if you don't bless me by Friday. So God says, so what will not happen? And you bless me by Friday. Okay, wait, wait. Assuming I will leave it till Sunday. What will you do? You ruin your life for nothing. Eli who said, when you did righteousness, who's, I mean, who, how did you affect him? This is not to people like him. So you start your wickedness. This is not people like you that will suffer. How do you pump his godness or deflate it? How do you? You can't pump it. You can't deflate it. He remains God. See, I believe I have an assignment. To balance some of the teachings we have given concerning God as if it's a blessing machine. Go there, press the right buttons. Blessing will fall out. And if it doesn't fall out, press it some more. No, it's not a blessing machine. He's God. You know what that means? He's God. That's what it means. You can only come there See, he blesses and he punishes people. So you only come to come and learn his ways. Yes. Like I said, let me borrow the word again. Lock. Well, lucky is a merciful God. The truth that he's very merciful. All right, the Lord is good. So what we're supposed to do is to come and learn. I hope you're getting my point. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. If he's not answering prayers, ask yourself why. It's important. A lot of people don't realize, they think that they can just come, you know, harass him, dictate to him, and then, you know, decide what their lives will be and tell him what he's supposed to do. And if he doesn't do it, like one woman I heard of, you know, she, said, she gave God time. If you don't give me a husband by December, I will get pregnant out of wedlock. So God said, go ahead. Let me say something to you. Eh? <laughs> don't dare God. Don't dare him. You can dare me. 
Can they your father self, earthly father? Can they policeman? Can even they soldier? <laughs> but don't dare God. The kind of things he will do to you, you wouldn't like yourself. He will make you get that pregnancy out of wedlock. Then you will give, give birth to Jaguda. And all your life, you'll be trying to manage the Jaguda. And you will pray to him. Let me not scare people. Please, let me just beg you. Don't dare the Lord. Don't. Don't deliberately do evil because you think one or two things. He will have mercy or it will pain him. And there are those who do it. They do evil on one of these two premises or you know, thoughts in their hearts. One other, he will have, he's, he's a merciful God. What do you think? Don't be so they show mercy anyhow. Once you think like that, you won't receive that mercy. The second one is this. When you do what is evil, like to pain him. You know, there are those who do it. I remember one play where was, was music. Then they made dramas out of it. One man went around and said, God has offended me. And I need to avenge myself. He said, Lord, the Lord, literally said, God sinned against me. So I must take vengeance. So the man says, I can't catch God. I'm looking for his people. He said, hey, you. You say you're a child of God. He said, yes. He said, your father offended me. I need to, I don't know what to do to him. So I called. He said, no, I don't really know him. I just go to church. <laughs> Everybody was denying God one after the other. <laughs> because the man had a gun or something. Say, hey, you, you're a pastor? Say, yes. You know God, yes. Are you really? <laughs> Say, he offended me. And so, I need to take vengeance. So, I don't catch you. These people were denying God one after the other. He said, is it because we go to church? We don't know him. <laughs> now, what I'm trying to say is that many times people actually do things. It is amazed. People do it. That they think when God says, don't commit iniquity, it's because it pains him. And that kind of thing. Maybe you tell your son, don't go out with my car. Then they ask you for something, don't give him. He now takes the car and goes to jam the neighbor's fence. Because he knows you like the car. And you come, you will rake, you will rake, you will rake. When you finish raking, you will be, be paining you. Yeah. So, and children actually do I have a friend who said when we were in university that he was going to fail. Why? For his father's sake. I want to fail so that my father will feel bad. And he wasn't joking. That was his plan. Let me fail so that my father will be feeling bad. And the guy wasn't joking. You have to be begging, please don't fail. Don't fail. <laughs> now, with God, we don't do that. Because we understand he never gives an instruction, he never gives a commandment, but for our good. Never. He never does a, gives any instruction or commandment because he's benefiting anything. Any instruction he gives, any commandment he gives is for your good, never for his good. So if you disobey him, you hurt yourself. If you disobey him, you hurt yourself. It's important we get that point. If you disobey him, you hurt yourself. You don't hurt him in any way. Let's bear that in mind. Let's bear it in mind. So if he doesn't answer prayer, please, let's not dare him. Let's continue to pray. I've decided all of this trying to emphasize the fact that when he says men ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying, it is simply because you will see sometimes prayers appear to take time in the manifestation of the answers. It is not everything he does in a hurry. Sometimes, you know, you know, those days when we were young ministers, we are still young, but not as young as we used to be. Uh, you get my point. Twenty something years ago, we used to go for Bible school then to go and learn. And they taught us about young Dicho. How he had, at that time, his church has over six, uh, 700,000 members. And they was praying to God for a million members. And young Dicho taught us about the fourth dimension. He had the book, the fourth dimension. 
And many of the things we learned, all right, were engineered towards visualizing what you're about to receive. And it was working in his life. He visualized a church of 1,000 people. It became a 1,000. He saw a church of 100,000. It became a 100,000. He began to declare a church of 500,000. Eventually, he got 500,000. By that time, he had a church of 700,000. He was already believing God for a church of 1 million people. One single church, like in Enugu. It's not church, it's not branches. So that church kept on expanding, of course. It kept on expanding and expanding. At the point in time, they were starting services on Saturday for Sunday service. But the whole Sunday was full of services. And they had many centers where they would beam the whole thing. Thank God for technology. And Korea, they're very good with technology. But they told us, this is how it is done. You declared it. All of us went to learn. We learned everything. Nobody outside Korea replicated that thing. We learned everything. They couldn't do it in America. Did not do it in Nigeria. For any church in Nigeria to gather that number, they will get, gather all their members nationwide. So we'll be building big camps, carry everybody there. You know, say, Redeem will do Holy Ghost convention. Everybody will come from every part of the country. Winners will do. That's the only way. Otherwise, we did everything. Well, we have more population than South Korea. Did you get No, we did not. America has more population. I thought you get a church of 50,000 people in America, you're too big. They hardly got to that number. Yet, you know what? Many churches in South Korea had over 100,000 members. Yes, it wasn't a big deal. Your church is 100,000 or so. The guy in the, down the road is only 100,000. That brother at the end of the street is only 50,000. Now, this is where I'm going. As we became older, we began to learn that brethren, there's no method. The people were in a particular season. It's a harvest season. I hope you're getting my point. And that's how come it was the number of things that, was, that, were, that were important there. One, notice that it was South Korea. It was not America. Nobody could replicate it anywhere else. There must be something about that nation. Yes. But when I found out later, when we were getting older, we began to learn. Uh, Jesus said, other men labored, you have entered into their labor. That is, they sowed the seed, you came to harvest time. Many of us went to places where nobody has ever sown any seed. Where they want to sow, want to use the principles of harvest. So we'll do the same thing Young Gicho did after 40, no, okay, let's not say 40 years, just make it easy to understand. After 10 years, church will be like 1,005 people, and you were wondering. That, and that's it, that's breakthrough. Heavy breakthrough. When I found out later, that actually what happened is that years before in South Korea, they had been planting all over the place. They had been praying and preaching the word, teaching the word from one village to another. They had been praying. By the time our big brother Young Gicho came, it was harvest season. The Bible says he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, why did I tell the story? To let you know that hmm, because you prayed and you didn't get 10,000 members, it does not mean prayer is not working. That's not what it means. It does not mean prayer is not working. It just simply means that the season for the harvest hasn't come. And not everything will happen in your own generation. If Paul's part is to plant, plant. If Apollo's part is to water, please water Mr. Apollo's. Everybody doing his own part, what will happen? God will give the increase. That's the way it works. I used to explain the fact that sometimes prayers may take time to manifest, depending on what you are dealing with. But the sign of faith is persistence. Persistence in praying, persistence in believing. That's the sign of faith. Please, let's talk briefly about this, our country. Beautiful country, isn't it? Now, let me just give you small information. It's a beautiful country. Some people don't know. It's actually a beautiful country. It's a very nice one. Is it, somebody forwarded something to, I read it earlier today. 
some doctors um, in UK, they were complaining about how badly they were being treated. I said, is it by force? Nigerian doctors. Did you read it? And they were working like slaves. And if they don't work, they will deduct their money. Somebody says this is modern day slavery. I say it's not slavery. Slaves don't have a choice. You, if you don't like it, they still sell tickets to come to Lagos, don't they? Do you get, yeah, I said, they were complaining. I said, which can I complain? One guy said he walks maybe like one week stretch, no break. Ah. So I kept asking, what is the confusion? Oh, is this slavery? I said, it's not slavery. It's a job. You don't like the job. If I, I, I told them, I said, look, I've done it before. When I was in Lagos those days, I was working in a particular private clinic. Actually, before I started my residency. By the time I started residency, I kept the job. It was only in evenings and weekends. After a few months, I, re- I realized, like, uh, when I saw said, this one, I'd die. I went to work, resigned, and I took a 60% cut in my pay. That's what happened. I didn't just resign. I said, I No. When I resigned, my salary dropped by 60 My total income dropped by 60%. You know what I said? 60% drop. People say, ah, I say, I don't, want, I don't want to die now. I said, hey, people in Enugu are waiting for me. I have to go and preach. <laughs> yeah. This was long ago, and I didn't say this other part. I didn't know I was coming to Enugu. But I said, look, my life is in front of me. If I die now, it will not be good. Who will live that life that God has planned? I said, we will prosper. Don't worry. Just not now, financially. I said, we will prosper. Just not now. Financially, it's not now. We will get there. So when my pay cut came, of course, because I left where I was earning most of my pay, I learned to sit at home. I sat at home. <laughs> yeah, because when you go out in Lagos, that's spending money. Transportation alone is, is, is expenses. I mean, you have to spend money. I just said, no, I sit at home. You will find me only in three places. My apartment, my office, church. Chicken. That was like, that was, one day one of my friends came to drag me out. You don't ever go anywhere. I said, hey, ma'am, where, where will I go? Say, come, let's go on this holiday. He had the car. He dragged me inside. He said, because I should drive. If I could drive, I should drive. I said, no problem. I drove. Went to on the road one way towards Badagri. We drive enter one beach. And all of them in the car went to the water side. I went to one shed, brought up my Bible and continued reading. Why did you bring me out of my house? <laughs> I remember I had one small Bible. I just sat in the shed. I started reading the Bible. I don't enter water, come out. Yeah, let's go again. We enter water to begin go house. I didn't used to go anywhere. Going to places was expensive. You sit in your house, you trim your brain properly. Stop desiring things. David said, I have not involved myself in matters too difficult for me. When we prayed about car, I didn't pray about car. That would have stretched my faith too much. That's true. Prayed for boss. I had one special faith. Yeah, I'm t- telling you, telling you. I had one faith. It worked all the time. Lagos, I didn't used to rush for bus against my religion. I didn't used to rush for bus. And if where I'm going, I just stand at the check you know, the bus top. I stop here. People will come and rush. I say I know they rush. In my church, personal church, we don't rush. Is any bus that will carry me today? God will send it to me. I only used to enter bus that stop in front of me. Rush, not my portion. That was faith. I use faith not to rush. You use faith to look for motor car. I mean, to take too much confession. <laughs> it was easier to confess peace, peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Abide here in the name of Jesus. I mean, I'm telling you. You know, I went to that and explained that. It's a blessed country. People make it look like it's not a blessed country. It is a blessed country. 
It's a blessed nation. Let me just give you information again. There's nothing you are going through that the whole world is not going through right now. According to economists, UK economists on the verge of collapse. It's terrible. Lost 25% of the value against the dollar in the last few, the last one year or so. The pound, British pound. The price of gas rose so high, they, have, they were forced to stop subsidizing. They used to tell us before, something is bad, something is bad, something is bad. They can't lie. When they saw, relative to what people were earning, they had to cap the price of gas. So well, who will pay the balance? Of course, it's the government. That's what they call subsidy. All over France right now, four queues everywhere. You watch the news. So one of my classes was now just about that. He said, this way. I said, look, if you don't like the war, come back home now. He said, no, they can't come home. He said, where is he president in 2023? <laughs> I said, it's not the problem. Let them go to Ghana. Buhari is not president in Ghana. If they don't like it, let them stay where they are. That Buhari is not president there. Only Listros. It was an Listros, have you? I said, Listros, that they want to hang right now. She has not been in the office for up to three weeks. The woman is near hanging. She reversed herself on a major policy in less than a week. Yes. I said, stay there. <laughs> hey, this life. People think there's, there's, there's trouble everywhere. There's trouble everywhere. I was watching one report, was it yesterday, saying that it looks like, one not mention the name of the bank, you know what I'm talking about. It's on the verge of collapse, about to go the same way of B.S. Stans and Lehman Brothers of 2008. It says it's about to happen. As a human being, they will not hear. It, people don't learn. The same thing that caused the financial collapse internationally of about 15 years ago is happening again right now. Human beings will never, I mean, are they not putting their money in cryptocurrency? They are. And everything comes tumbling that they not say, what happened? What happened? It was meant to happen. What's wrong with you? There's no free money. Just sit in your house, put money so it'll be growing on the graph. It will stay on that graph for the rest of your life. I'm telling you. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, I'm still talking about the So please, be thankful for what you have. I need to sit on my message. Because if I don't, too many things will cause, cause distractions. So let's just leave it. The summary of what I'm just saying is, please, eh? people, just thank God. You live in a beautiful nation. Not because the country is good, but because God is good. God is good to you. All right? But why did I start talking about the country? Men ought always to pray. Continue to pray. People will tell you that we have prayed enough. I told you that's telling Jesus does not know what he's saying. When he said men ought always to pray. You have not prayed enough. Let me tell you when you have prayed enough. I don't even know when. Maybe when Jesus returns. If he says there's no need to pray again. But you will pray all the time. Let me tell you how many times you pray in a day. You will pray in the morning. You pray one hour after morning. One hour after that. 30 minutes after that one. 15 minutes after that. One, that anyway, I'm just making a joke of the whole thing. You pray all the time. There are different kinds of prayer. There's thanksgiving. That's the best kind of prayer. You give thanks all the time. Look for an excuse around you each time to be thankful to the Lord. Even add the bad things. What looks bad? For example, your name is Joseph. As you are in the pit. Lord, I want to thank you. That my brothers are so wicked, they put me inside this pit. When they bring you out. Lord, thank you, I'm on my way home. Thank you. They said, no, it's not home. <laughs> they are selling you. Lord, I thank you, I'm all for sale. <laughs> it's easy now because we know where to get to. So the ones who don't even know where it is going still give thanks. Think of Joseph and be giving the Lord thanks. 
Just think of Joseph and giving the Lord thanks. Some of my children, it was yesterday. So let me explain to you about God and, the, and his plan for your life also. I said, look, I began to explain to them. God is planning your life. No, as he's doing what they are doing. You know, it doesn't worry me. In fact, if it's disturbing you, I don't know. It has not disturbed me. My own is that God owns time. The years that the Asu locusts ate. Do you get my point? All those armies, the canker worms and the crawling, you know, the biting worm, the, all those kind of locusts, different kinds of locusts. He said he will restore it. And I don't doubt it. He knows how to do That one is too easy. In fact, that one is not even going to require big faith. Mustard seed faith can handle that one. God can stretch time easily. He can compress it easily. What you have done in 10 years, he can make you do it in 5 years. The 2 years you lost, he will make what you have done over the next, what, what you will do over the next 3 years, be what other people are accomplishing in 10 years. So what time do you now lose? What time do you now lose? Dom when, when I heard his story, when he came to Enugu that time, he said his wife didn't bear a child for the first eight, nine or ten years of their marriage. Was it nine? Hmm? Okay, she said that ten or twelve, but it's quite a while. They didn't do anything about it though. Then one day she delivered. The next day she delivered. Then the next day she delivered. <laughs> yes. Well, not next day. But one day, you know, like, the following year, it was not every year, like, God, take, can you take it easy? Can you press pause? Where's the break in this thing? I'm telling you. It said it. It was not like, God, please, press pause here now. What's all of this rush? Yeah, that's what God did to do for Dom. Look, the Lord knows what he's doing. That's all I just want to say there. He answers prayers. He does. What we need to do is to pray. We need to pray sincerely. We need to bring every matter to him in prayer. And stop withdrawing the matter. You know, you go to court, you file a case, then you withdraw the case. Some people do it. God, can you help me out here? They say, wait, wait, wait. I think I have another solution. <laughs> say, God, forget about it. <laughs> then he feels, he bring it back again. Lord, So like I was saying, can you help? Because please drop this thing here and let me handle it. That's what I mean. So what do I mean? You withdraw it. Some of us start giving me a sharp way that involves a little bit of lack of faith. Just know that then you are running away. Do you get my point? God answers prayers. What did I say? Let me say this one again. We can't say this is enough. It's amazing how people don't know it. Them. He doesn't answer prayers because you have been a good boy. His answer to prayers is not because you have been a good girl. He answers prayers because he's good. And you begged. You asked for mercy. And you asked in the name of Jesus. Please, don't give an offering and say, Pastor, pray for me. Why? Because you brought an offering. What is wrong with you? And some people, they think that you can, you know, for it to get, you know, you know Pastor came to used to preach like that. First, bring venison, for man of God can pray for you. Venison is good. What did I say? You can't answer me. Venison is good. Oh, you don't know what's venison? Oh, sorry, don't speak English. Okay, ah, people have stopped reading King James Bible. Okay, let me tell you what's venison. It's bush meat. <laughs> now, what happened was that when God wanted, uh, when uh, Isaac wanted to bless his transferred inheritance and bless his firstborn, 
That's Esau. He told him to go and kill bushmeat and bring. That thing was called venison. You know, roast it, spice it, and then the man said, I will eat it, and then you provoke the blessing. That's what they call venison. Venison is the, you bring the meat, you, ro- you barbecue it, you dress it well, and bring it for daddy to eat. That's venison. But modern day, maybe, which one do they use in modern Bibles now? Just bring bush meat for me to eat, okay? So maybe that's what modern pigeon Bible will use, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so people now make a doctrine out of it. So if you want to, to meet a man of God, you, you, first bring, you first go and kill something and bring it. And of course, the easiest one to kill these days is what? It's cash. You kill money, bring it, and lay it down. Then the man will be provoked to pray for you. Does it work? I really don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying this wrong. That I said, anything is good. If you don't believe anything is good, as I'm going, just give me 100 cake. See whether I'll be angry. <laughs> if I'm not angry, I've proven to you that anything is good. Is that okay? Uh-huh. But it's wrong. We will not think that we do that before we can collect a blessing. That's actually not right. Okay? Now, the problem I have with it is that many people, when they've done stuff like that, they end up thinking they have bought a right to a blessing. That's the danger in it. They've given an offering. It should provoke a blessing. Please, don't do that. I'm begging Christians, don't do that. Who was I talking to? Ah, is this my guy? Let me not mention his name in case his friend is listening. Are you not the one? You are the one now. Which of you people? Somebody gave me gist a few days ago. Is not the, are you not the one? You don't know the gist? Okay. Okay, thank you. See, I didn't have to tell the gist and he knew it was. It's Jonah. One of our brothers there said, yeah, one guy we're talking. The guy said, for him to pray, you first plant his seed. And then you put the tighter and you bring the first fruit and then you begin to brew. Now Jonah said, bros, it doesn't work like that. That will come not in the power of our good works. We come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. That one, he said, that one, argue, 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 argue. No, that is works. He works. That's how he plants his seed. He connects. Jonah said, bros, it's not like that. So the, he said, I beg, stop arguing. You are a lecturer and a pastor. And I say, okay, sorry. I know they argue again. How many, what, how many weeks after? Is it a year after? Two years after. The guy came back and said, bros, please sit down. I beg, can you, show me, can you bring out your Bible? <laughs> Let, he says, since that day, everything he prayed for, he did not get. Every time he sowed seeds, he lost money. What? I said, do you know what he did? God overlooks foolishness. Then when he brings light... You must follow it. I said, ah, Jonah, you brought the guy to judgment by exposing him to light. For that day, I told him, I said, look, that's what I say, I say, what I say sometimes. That's what I say. It. That many of you, if you have heard me and you go back to do something, you are looking for trouble. Now you are listening, so listen again. Once you go to pray, if you quote your good works, no matter how good, you are looking for trouble. If you sow seed so that God can multiply it, I mean, you need a million naira. you go and put 50,000 in an offering basket, you will need two million in a short while. Every money you have, you will lose. Bank will just collapse because of only you. You wouldn't believe that a whole bank can collapse because of your 50,000 naira inside. God is so targeted. He will tag, he said, how do I handle this guy? 
collapse that bank. Say billions because yes, you are, you are, you know, you are my important person. That, you are the only important person in that whole bank. I set up the bank to teach you a lesson. You don't know how God loves people, loves his children. So when they finish hearing me, they not, you know, let me tell you the one that makes me laugh. Then I want to balance the two sides. Pastor Bank, he said that God blesses us because of our righteousness, which we have in Christ. My pastor said, please, I need to tie the fact and collect blessing. Let's just do both of them. Lie, lie. It doesn't, it doesn't work. See, this is what I've told you. If you add to it, and you, you've seen it in your life. I don't need to say it again. People have seen it. So two years later, that guy came and said, bro, please sit down. Ever since you and I spoke, everything has gone wrong. That one now sat him down. Say, you are now open to the word of God. Say, yes. Oh, yeah. So I show him scripture. That why do we do good? Because we are good children of God, a good God. Why do we give? Because we are cheerful givers. That's why. That's why we do what we do. It's not because we are trying to get something. Our righteousness is based on faith in Christ. Our righteousness is based on faith in Christ. God does it. Look. Does God reward good works? He does. But not if you do it because of the reward. If you do it because of the reward, it's not a labor of love. It's a labor of selfishness. You kill the seed right there. People say give. Have an account of what you have given. I say, what do you want to do with it? Are you going to present your account to FIRS? Is it FIRS you want to give to for tax purposes? For what now? So when you want to pray, you will tell God. That's how to die early. That's not supposed to be a joke. That is how to die early. That's how to provoke wrath against you. How can you be insulting the good God like that? If my children come to me now and say, Daddy, you know I'm the one that washed your car in the morning. I say, uh-huh. You know, I was the one that uh, washed your clothes, the one you left in that clothes basket. Uh-huh. And yesterday I polished all your shoes. Uh-huh. And I've been doing my homework regularly. Uh-huh. So I said, where is this discussion going? I just want you to know that... Uh, I need a new laptop. First, you've lost the last laptop. You've lost it. Two, from that day, you'll be the one to beat the dog. <laughs> Telling you, you'll be the one to scrub every inch of that house. You will wash not just my car. You will wash every lorry that passes in front of the house. <laughs> I will labor you so hard, you still won't get anything. Of course, God, I didn't, God didn't give me any children like that. I didn't train them like that. That's what I mean. I didn't train them like that. How do they get what they want? They just knock on the door. And you know, you know, you promised me that once I cross 14, I will get this. You know, my 14th birthday was last week. And so, you do as you have said. Now, what is it? This is my fault that I grew by. That's it. That, do you get my point? That's it. They just present the need. And because it's my, it's my responsibility, I'm a father. If I can't meet it now, I will tell them, don't worry. I'm working on it. As, long, as soon as God opens the door, we'll do it. So these are the reasons why we don't get answer to prayer. We come thinking that we've done something. We come insulting the Lord with a seed. Like, God, you know you won't do anything until I plant a seed. So I want to plant this one. Because <laughs> what will you produce? You don't know. Let me say it again for those who don't understand. Every seed has its own proper soil. Every seed has a proper soil. If you bring corn, Z maize, 
to this place. I say you want to plant it. I will send you down to Ninth Mile. There's a plot behind Judah's house. You can plant it there. After three months of rain and taking care of it, we'll have mature corn. Why? The soil for corn is a physical earth, loamy soil. If you bring Naira, say you want it to be multiplied, I will send you to the market. Go and buy and go and sell. Or go and deposit it in a bank. Is that not so? Put in a business. That is the soil for money. I hope you're getting my point. If you want to plant money so it can multiply, it's not in an offering basket. Don't be silly. It's in the capital market. It's in business. If you have yam, you want to plant so it can multiply, cut it. They call, they call it yam sets. Plant it. I can tell you, I can give you the name of chemicals you use to rub it so that worms will not eat it. To germinate. I don't know which pre-emergence herbicide to give you. I hope you follow my point. You cannot plant money in an offering basket and expect it to grow. Don't be silly. It doesn't work like that. Pastor Bank, you you shouldn't give. Did I say so? Why are you reading things from my mouth that I did not say? I'm just saying you don't plant money like that and expect it to multiply. The soil is wrong. The only thing you can plant in the realm of the spirit is a spiritual seed. What do I mean? It's simple. He that honors me, what will I do? I will honor. You can plant honor spiritually. You can plant love. You can either shows mercy shall what? Obtain mercy. You can plant mercy. These are spiritual things. Now, mercy. What is mercy? It's simple. What is love? It's simple. Somebody's in need. So this is how it works. Love. We can't see it. Are you getting my point? But it has what? Labor. There is a labor of love. Do you get my point? Honor. You can't see it. But there must be expressions of honor. So, money can be an expression of honor. Do you get my point? Money can be an expression of love. Money can be an expression of mercy. Do you get my point? It's an expression. So when you are bringing money to an offering basket, it is what is representing that matters. If it's representing your hunger, it's a bad seed. Say, God, though, you know I need food, though. I'm planting this money to what? It's nonsense. What did I say? It's nonsense. He said the way I said it. It's nonsense. Thank you. There's nothing. You have not planted anything. However, if, for example, I say, brethren, we have a program coming up. It's going to cost us about 2 million naira, 5 million naira. Please, as God lays upon your heart and gives you the resources, contribute what you can. You have that, the success of that program in your mind. Then you bring 1,000 naira, 10,000 naira, or 1 million naira. Now, it's not money you are planting. It's love for the word of God. I hope you're getting my point. So that you understand that motive counts. Motive is crucial. Because the physical money is not a seed. It is what is behind it that is a seed. Do you get my point? Yes, sir. If I tell you, for example, hey, please, oh, there's this mission. We identify they have a lot of need. This is what they are doing. They go around secondary schools in remote areas, teaching the word of God, preaching the word of God, distributing books, giving free lessons. They have 20 young men and women working for them. Where they are ministering, the people there cannot support Please, we need to support. So you think about 20 young men and women who are going around preaching and advancing the kingdom of Christ. You now say, ha, they have to eat. 
You are showing love for God. You are showing love for his word. You are showing love for your brethren who have gone out receiving nothing from the Gentiles. I hope you're getting my point. I'm quoting Paul now. That love is what is behind that seed. So when you give that money, you are sowing what? Love. You are also sowing faith in the word of God. Yeah, for, for you to count that the advancement of the gospel is enough for you to give towards, that's also faith. When people are told that they, were, they are going around uh, sharing newspaper, you, won't you ask me, why can't they come back home? What are they doing? They are going there clapping and teaching the children how to clap. You're like, are they all right? Will you give them money? Of course not. But why are you giving them money? Because we heard that they are teaching the word of God, the word of God, and they are advancing the gospel of Christ. Ah. Uh-uh. Like one day I sat with one brother, I like that example. It was me, but it was many years ago. You don't know who I'm talking about. We're just talking. He said, How are you doing? How's ministry? It's fine. He's a professional. I said, How's your profession? He said, Oh, I don't do it anymore. I said, You resigned from that profession? He said, Yes. You know what came to my mind? I knew him, knew his wife, knew their two children. I said, This brother must eat. That's all that came to my mind. It was the days of checks. Good, I had my checkbook there. I brought that immediately. Bro, how do I write your name? He told me. I, write, I wrote a check. Please, buy something for your wife and your children. I was just greeting him normally. He didn't come complain. We just sat together in the church service. I just said, bro, how are you doing? We just chatted for like two minutes. He said, no, he doesn't do that, be, uh, that profession anymore that he has relaxed. He's facing this ministry work full time now. What just came to my mind is that, ah, bro, you, you must eat. Immediately, I gave him some money. I didn't need anything. I wasn't God. I'm showing this shit to that. There was nothing. There was nothing. And that's how I do my life. Just, just to show something serious is happening. You've seen me raise money for a few things here and there. I will tell you what the issue is, and I don't promise you any, anything. I don't promise you anything. There was a time, <laughs> no, I'd like to give this illustration. I was in the church. They said, okay, Pastor Banky, please preach for us uh, so that you help us raise money. I don't have anything against raising money. It's how you raise that's my problem. Uh, the way I raise my money, when I want to raise money, if you don't give, you just know you're a wicked, evil spirit. You will just know. I will describe your selfishness to you. Shame will make you give. That they said, I said, okay, like how much are they looking for? They told me. And the way I do my own, I, I, I didn't go there saying, ha, as I was coming this morning, my spirit was saying, mm, mm, mm. And I said to my spirit, what is the mm, mm, mm that you're saying? And the Holy Spirit began to help me understand that that mm is a blessing that's about to come forth, but it cannot come out. Why? It is blocked. So you are going to hammer it open right now with a special seed. It's a lie. This is how God kills people. Why do we like to lie? We can't lie. God has to have mercy on us. The kind lie we will tell. How oh, God's not like this. People are bold. They know they fear God. I've seen pastors give word from knowledge and they say it's word of knowledge. And you're looking at him like, why are you lying like this? The way I do my own thing, I just go to the front. Brethren, um, your pastor said that um, this church needs about a million naira to run every month. So I need you to commits to giving that whole money. We don't want him to go and be begging on allergy for money. Do you? No. All right, so, I've, I, that's how I said my own. I said, so the ushers are going to pass papers around. Please just write what your heart can give confidently every month. The Lord will bless you and strengthen you. And when you finish, hand it back to the usher. Please put your phone number there because they will remind you to give the money. I didn't have a problem with it. They, they, now, this is where the Jesus is going. At the bottom of the narrow prayer point in that paper, I had a copy in my hand. 
I said, well, look at the bottom of that paper. They all looked there. They written their prayer points. Do you see it? I said, yeah, don't waste your time filling it. Nobody's going to pray for you. I told them like that. <laughs> see the way you're laughing? Everybody's got laughter. I said, my friend, don't waste your time filling this paper. I said, I don't know who put it. I said, look, you said check up. I told him like that. You said check up. I said, did you see the size of the other ones? They now put small under prayer. I said, it's, it's obvious this paper is not about prayer. Let's not lie. The whole church, the way you're laughing, they were all laughing. I said, please, don't feel anything there. Don't feel anything there. Nobody's planning to pray for you. Do you understand me? I told them. I said, if you need prayer, I called the brother who's in charge of prayer. Let's assume his name, Brother Eber. I said, Brother Eber, where are you? He said, here. I said, stand up. All those who need prayer, go there. This paper is for those who have money to give. That's how I do my own thing. I said, God will bless you. It's between you and God. I said, add your prayer points to your seed. Don't be stupid, my friend. God won't answer it. He doesn't have that time. He came to collect money. He said, should be answering prayer. So that's how I do my things. I want Christians to understand it. When I was alumni fellowship president, my alumni... One day they told me that we're about to pitch at a convention. We're behind by two million in our bills. We spend a lot of money. I mean, now the biggest hotel in Benin, we hire all their rooms and nobody pays anything. And everybody eats throughout. And sometimes we have guest ministers, we pay flight tickets, we give on the we spend the money. So when they, they, I was present that they showed me everything that, yeah. okay, meetings ending tonight, we're behind by two million. I said, that's not the problem. I managed to put me, I said, brethren, Someone said, tell them how much. I said, no, I'm not going to tell them how much. I did God. No, I didn't tell the people. Only the school knew how much we were shot by. I said, why are we short? We are not responsible. So let's talk about responsibility. I said, many of you, God has been multiplying you all these years. I know they see the multiplication. I abuse everybody. That's what I did. I said, God will bless you. We don't feel it. Are you normal? I said, my friend. I, I said, brother, please, oh, this is not, not good. I can say, look, look at the kind of cars all of you are driving. And I can't see the reflection in the account. On yourself. We just laughed at the end of the day, I left. So one, one brother said, tell them the amount now. I said, no. She said, you know, it's good to be president. When you are the president, your word is final. I said, no. They were like, ah, what does Ogana want us to do? I said, leave this thing. Next morning, there was one money that was with me, one brother sent, one of my friends. So I told our financial secretary, but that this brother sent money, so I will transfer from my account to you. He sent from my brother. He said, all right. So next morning, I said, please, that money, let me quickly transfer. He said, no, God, take your time. He said, what do you mean take your time? He said, yes, the money, if you speaking. He told me the name of one brother. He said, that brother, I said, he said, left the hall as we were talking, brought out his phone, why are the millionaire? I said, hey, that's how brethren give. I said, no, I said, that's godly giving. I didn't promise him anything. <laughs> As I was talking, people were leaving the hall, bringing out their devices, and pam, 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 pam. By next morning, the guy checked his money was complete. That's our financial secretary. He said the money was complete. He said, he just mentioned, he said, that brother, I said, yes, I know him. He said, yeah, he's, he just he sent a million last night. Now that money has been dropping since that time. I said, that's how Christians give all this one of, uh, oh, Pastor God, sweat. sweat. <laughs> miracle. Do you watch Christian TV? <laughs> Embarrassment. If I'm an unbeliever, I won't believe. If I just watch you guys for one week, I will not believe. Your God doesn't have power. The way you are sweating. No, God doesn't have power. Because, see, Paul said, I did not come with the sweating of my wisdom. <laughs> I said, this level of sweat is a sign that your God doesn't have money. I'll, I'll just go and join Aliko. When else are you going to Mecca? Because he doesn't sweat like that. See the money he has. When I see preaching something on television. And I began to speak, and I saw that he said that. 
I say, yeah, just to collect offering. We will tell stories. It's embarrassing. If your God is really that rich, my children don't tell this kind of stories. Haba. You know the truth? We don't believe. Now I keep on saying that. If we believe, we won't be sweating because we want to collect offering. Just say, brethren, please give. Giving is good. Amen. That's the end of it. I give God the glory. Kingdom of me. Okay, have you heard me sweat to collect money? Do a small mental calculation. Paying 24 radio stations every month. None of them is free. Just go and do a small mental calculation. Anyway, what am I trying to say? Or just let you do something. If you want to give, give. Giving is a good thing. What did I say? Is a good every Christian should be a giver. The little money you have should be blessing people. It should be contributing to the word of God. It should be honoring people with it's important. Giving is a life of a believer. But we're talking about prayer, right? Not giving. Stop bringing your offering to the place of prayer. Your prayer will not work like that. And people now start quoting some things for me. That's the only Bible they know. You know, it's very funny. They don't know anything apart from Hannah vowed. That's the only, from beginning to the end. It's not their fault. It's the man who has been milking them every Sunday. You're not, there's one another lie. Ezekiah. And I say, Ezekiah got, he quoted his good works for God. I said, which Ezekiah? Ezekiah that said, it was for my good that I was afflicted. Ezekiah that said that I repented. I saw my life melting away. I said, God, I beg, forgive me of my sins. You see, I said, good works. Ezekiah did no such thing. All Ezekiah did was that God, see, eh? people, they go bow worship and not go. So I can't go to Baal to ask for help. People offered to Ashtoreth. I didn't offer. I can't go to Ashtoreth to ask for help. The only God that I know is you. When he was talking about his works, he was trying to emphasize that God, where, okay, where did you, who, okay, if you don't help me, where will I go? Then God now began to show him all the evil in his heart and he was repenting. One woman said, the child was sick, she was praying. Said, God, help me. Said, God, help me. You know, if, if your child was sick and I had power, you know I will help you. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the prayer she prayed. That's the kind of prayer. He said, God, you know if you are the one that needs help, <laughs> you know I will help you. He wasn't quoting good words, just saying that where else would I go? You know how much I love you. You know my heart is with you. I can't go to any other person for help. That's what Ezekiel was doing. Let's not mis- misunderstand it. But most importantly, even if we were right in that misquoting of Ezekiah, even if we were right in the misuse of the vow of Hannah, they are inferior to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, who said, the Father himself loves you. That's what he said. Ask whatever you will in my name. It will be done for you. Why do you want to pollute and dilute the name? Why? Anytime you come in the power of your good works, you have brought yourself away from the level, what I call the third heaven level, the level of Christ, into the place where Satan has accusations. As you say, the one you have done that is right, he has to say the one you have done that is not right. And then God is forced to act in your life as a judge, rather than as a father. If you want to ask as a father, you just go to him and say, God, please, I have come because you are my father. 
and I know you are good. I have not come, like we say in Kingdom World Ministries, I have not come in the power of the good works which I have done. I have come only because of the grace and mercy which I have in Christ Jesus. Biko, help me. That's it. Sincerely, you speak to him, help me. Hey, Lord, I know. I know I'm the one that did wrong there. But there are times I don't even know. But if I knew it correctly, eh, maybe I would have done better. But the one I knew is one I did. I'm sorry. Help. There's a story I've told here a number of times. I read it in a, in a, in a book. A woman and her husband, elderly retirees, living on their pension. Their landlord died and handed the house over to his son. So the son took over the house. I know old tenants don't pay so much. You know that. Old tenants. They've been living in that house for a very long time. So the landlord knew them. So he was charging them very little. Let us assume. Let me just give an American figure of today. Maybe they were paying maybe like $100 a month. And the young man knew the harbor. This house can easily, a small apartment, can easily go for $400. But we have to eject the old people. So he told his agent, eject them. So this one said, the agent, if you want to stay, you pay $400. That $100 you are paying, it don't work. But that's all their pension money could, could handle. So they gathered to pray. That's why I like to tell the story. They sat down to pray. And God answered the prayer even before they prayed it. How did he answer it? The agent wanted to stop by to come and see them. And he got there, he was about to knock on the door. Then something restrained him. He started to walk around the house. As he was about to walk, as he was walking around, there was a window open. And something made him stop. And he froze there. And he was listening to a prayer. Thinking about it now, I don't even know whether that's when they prayed the prayer or when he heard it. Because God plays funny things with time. He froze there and began to hear prayer. And the woman was telling the husband, please hurry up. We, we said we are going to pray about this um, accommodation matter. The man said, I'm coming. Then they began to pray. We are your children. You are our father. They talked like that to the Lord. He said, now the landlord wants to eject us. He said, we don't, so now we are going to be homeless. We don't have a problem with being homeless. Then the woman was the one leading the prayer. He said, but you know, mention her husband's name. You know, his back is paining him. So he can't sleep on the streets. So otherwise, we don't have a problem. So they just committed the thing to the hand of the Lord. And they left it there. And the spirit released that man and he left. He went and told the owner, I can't eject them. Say, I can't manage your house anymore. That was, what do you mean? He said, there's no problem. Let me hand over your house back to you. Find somebody else to do it. Why? He told the story. That one said, why are you listening to that people's prayers? Seriously. He looked. God works in different ways. The owner of the house said, go and tell them that somebody has paid their rent for the rest of their lives. That guy said was going to visit the following day. They were planning to take some provisions for them. So he did it in his pocket, gave him a hundred dollars. Say, add to what you are planning to give them. He said, I beg, stop listening to people's prayers. He actually told him, Say, oh boy, if you want to do this job, you can't be going around <laughs> listening to people's prayers. 
That guy went next, they told the people, um, there's a new development. A rich man decided to pay all your bills for the rest of your lives. So now, you, even the old hundred dollars, you don't need to pay it anymore. Live here as long as you want. The landlord will take over after that. You know the problem? We don't pray. We complain. We whine. We grumble. We get angry, but we don't pray. You know, people go to prayer with all kinds of, oh God, in this country, what kind of useless end of state is this father? Father will just put music in his ears. Say, now, me and I play with Nathaniel Bassi. God will be hearing, we've come to worship. We've come to glorify your name. Those who are saying, we've come to grumble. <coughs> we've come to complain about this country. Where is it going? God say, like, like, I don't have time. Don't use your reggae to spoil my worship. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the problem. A lot of people, what we do is grumble, grumble, grumble. What we do, a lot like, the other day, a lot of, a lot of other things came to my heart. Burdens here and there. I just wrote them down. I said, things to cast over to the Lord. So by the time I opened that note again, if there were five things, four had been solved. At this, I've not even had time to, as I took the notes, when I opened the note again to pray, if, maybe a week later, I realized that four of them had been solved. I realized that four had been solved. Know the truth? If we pray, we will see answers. Sincere prayers, not grumbling. There are reasons why our prayers don't work. One of them, that's why I began by saying, this is our country is good. Now, that's just to help people give thanks. But even if things were worse than that, you still should give thanks. Just that sometimes, I see that, you know, those who have been blessed the most are the ones that are more... They are greater candidates for divine judgment. Do you know why? If they grumble, their sin is more. That's what I mean. If they grumble, their sin is more. And I see a lot of... See, let me say it again. 2023 is coming. Please, people of God, politics cannot give you a good leader. It can't. Campaigning will not do it for you. Like I wrote in my book, Let Us Agree. Evil people have no right to demand good leaders. They don't have the right. You can't be grumbling. And when I say evil, go and check it. Mumras. Those who complain morning, afternoon, and night. That's what I'm talking about. They don't have a right to ask God to give them good leaders. I hear people say that we have to get it right this time. I start laughing. I said, you think so? <laughs> if you have to vote the right person, Nonsense. Absalom will come and you will vote for him and he will be an evil human being. You can't get it right with your vote. Again, let me just drop this my message for Khan. Khan, please try and be a Christian association, not a political association. PFN, tell your people the right thing. It is not about who to support, who not to support. Khan has no business, I say it again, and I mean it, commenting on any of the candidates. You don't have that business. Once INEC has registered them, accept them. Then go and visit them. Say, we want to pray for you. Come with your document of what it means to be a righteous leader and a good leader. 
include the judgment of God against the generations of those who sin against him. When he gives them leadership positions, then give them the file. Say, we Christians in this nation would like you to study that. That is what God requires of any leader. And he's the one that makes leaders. So if he were to make you, this is his word to you. Give it to him. And say to him, let us pray. Even Turak, is it Turaki or Wazir Adam, whatever his name, I was Atiku, will remove his cap and he will pray with you. He doesn't want to, want to win. Because if he refuses, if he refuses, right there and there you fail him. Not even to fail him. So, guy, we shouldn't pray for you. We declare that you will never be the head of state. He, he doesn't want to risk it. One man said those days he went to meet, meet the then Supreme Military Council. And before the meeting, he said, everybody rise to your feet, let us pray. And everybody, military men, they remove their caps and everything. Let's leave that gist. See, let me tell you the truth. You go tell the man, eh? Let us pray for you. They will stand up. Go to all the candidates one by one. Do exactly the same thing. Then go to the different churches and ban your people from receiving a dime. Either as a delegate or as a voter. And don't just say it. I don't know why we are afraid to add judgment to it. If I'm the one, I will add it now. You know me now. I will add it now. I will say to everybody, for every nala you take, you will lose four. And tell all those delegates that collected $5,000 that the Lord said you must not spend it. Change it to nala. Go to Obito. Spray it there. Fine. We don't care. Vote according to your conscience. Some of you, you don't have enough conscience not to collect. No problem. Collect it and go and share it. Go back home and share Don't eat. You can't eat a dime. You can't. Tell them you can't eat a dime. That is what the church should be doing. If the church does that, we will see the power of God in our elections. But we can't go to elections, collect money like everybody else. They will not come and say, we must get it right. Have you heard this lie before? Let me tell Christians, please. Don't believe this lie. Say, collect their money and vote your conscience. Once you collect their money, you don't have a conscience anymore. Why are you lying to yourself? Once you collect that money, a, a spirit enters it. It enters with it. He said, collect their money and vote your conscience. You don't have a conscience. Stop lying. You don't have a conscience. Anyway, let me pray for every Christian. Anyone that will collect money to vote for anybody. Father God, let's be gentle about this. Any money they collect, they will lose fourfold in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Let's just tell every Christian like that. That's all we need to tell people. If we do it like this, we'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what God will do. The problem, he said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith in the church? Will he find Christians who actually, please, if you have not read it, read my book. Let us agree. I explained it inside, this thing inside there. If you want to download it, I think it's on our website now. Yes, it's there. If you go to our website, just go to the book section. It's on top. You just see there. Let us agree. Otherwise, just use the bit link. Agree 2022. That's the bit link. Agree 2022. Listen, if we just do those right things, we'll be amazed that God actually answers prayer. He does. Then he will give us a good leader according to his own insight. Somebody says, okay, do we still need to vote? Yes. Your vote is a statement. First, it's obedience. Yes, because God is a civic duty, so you should do it. It's like paying taxes. You should. You should. So please go and vote. Then when you are voting... You will vote according to your understanding. 
And that understanding must be righteous. I hope you're getting my point. Vote because you really believe this is the best option. Just do that. This is the best option. And you know what? We can all be in the same church and we don't all think so. That is, we don't all think so about the same person. It doesn't matter. God will say count all our votes and use those votes to affect his own agenda, his own will. So if you decide, after you have analyzed everything, no, your best option is PDP, you vote. Labour Party, you vote. APC, you vote. Um, Accord, you vote. Why do they have candidates? Who is the candidate? Okay, almost half our party, you vote. Anyone you think. Just vote for anyone you think according to your conscience. People, if we do that, we will discover the will of God. And then once election is over and the winner is announced, please leave it for God. He has chosen. Then start supporting the person with prayer. Start supporting the, 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 the person with intercession. Do you get what I'm saying? Start supporting the person with everything spiritual you have. Start, continue to pray for the land. Declare good upon the land. Seek the good of the land in prayer constantly. I was saying something. A lot of people, you know what's going to happen? Or what happened over the last few years? God couldn't bless them. Do you know why? Because they did not like the person that was head of state. Day and night, they wished him evil, criticized, complained, criticized, complained. Day and night for the last few years. What they did not know is that they were undermining their own blessing. Yes. They spent all their energy criticizing and complaining. Undermining their own blessing. For the last few years. And they think, and let me tell you something there. If you think that when, when uh, who is president will change, you will stop. You won't stop. The same people that criticize John the Baptist, they criticize Jesus Christ. That's, that's what happens. It's a spirit. The spirit has possessed the individuals. Please do your, do your spiritual duty. Now why do I say all of these things? God actually answers prayers. He actually answers prayers. If only we will pray according to his will. If only we will pray sincerely. If only we will pray in faith. If only we will pray using his word. If only we will pray with clean hearts. Do you know what? He answers prayers. He does. The Lord is good. I think I've spoken enough. Let's not get into this message. Let's start it. So what was I preaching? I was trying to introduce what I wanted to say. You should be used to it by now. Now today I start. Uh, this is my bad habit. is my youth. <laughs> the thing I want to preach, I will still preach it. Alright, let me just start. Okay, what I wanted to share with us briefly. Let me, um, let's start it from the book of Acts chapter 10. The book of Acts chapter 10. Now Paul was in the house of Cornelius when he said this. Somebody say, Jesus is a healer. Say it again. Now say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Say, is the God of all flesh. There's nothing too hard for him to do. Say it again. He's the God of all flesh. There's nothing too hard for him to do. All right, let's read from the book of Acts chapter 10. Now, you know the story about this, how um, Cornelius was spoken to by an angel and he was to call, to send for Peter. And then Peter was praying on the, 
roof of the house and he had that famous trance. Then, of course, that led to him his coming to the house of Cornelius, who had gathered everybody. Now, in verse 34, he began to preach. So, opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which was sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. He said in verse 38, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on the cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Now what I want to just share, I was hoping to do it only today, but it has turned out to be something more than one day. So let me introduce it now and then we'll continue later. In verse 38, he said, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. What I want to emphasize to us again today is that Jesus heals all. Somebody say that. Jesus heals all. Say it again. Please, read this book, the book I released some time ago. The print copy should be out any time from now. Actually, it was supposed to be out two weeks ago. I don't know what's causing the delay on the printer. But you can easily get the, the soft copy. It's free. It's not on our website. No special reason. Just not there. But it's available to download online. Just use the bit, uh, bit link, Faithbook 2022. All of them small letters. Faithbook 2022. That's the bit link. That's bit.ly slash Faithbook 2022. You hit that, it will download into your device. It's a very small download, not up to 2 megabytes, if I'm right. But just a small book. But please, I would like you to read it. I would like you to read it. The book is titled, We Walk by Faith. It's titled, We Walk by Faith. It's an important book. Please, I'm recommending it. Go and read it. Read it before next Tuesday. When we'll continue this. From, it's not a big book. You know, Some of you don't like to read. I'm looking at you. People say they fear to read when I say if you squeeze face, I'm, I'm going to monitor you personally. I'm telling you the truth. When you say the people with a fear, reading the bite person, you must read it. It's a small book. We walk by faith. Not only do you read it, you study it line by line. Your aim is to understand what is in there. Now, what I try to explain inside that book is the fact that faith is a walk, and you have to make up your mind to walk by faith. Now, the world is very strong in making us do the opposite. Very, very strong, especially when it comes to the matter of health. Every day we are taught about how our genes control our health. Every day we are taught about how our diet controls our health. Every day we are taught about how our activity or lack of activity controls our health. And very little do we hear about how the spiritual controls our health. Do you get my point? 
And that's the problem. Because it is to you according to your faith. That is not a joke. It's true. That's why I I taught in that book. That we must deliberately walk by faith. If you walk by faith, your genes will not determine your health. Your diet will not determine your health. I'm telling the truth. Your health will not be primarily determined by your exercise or lack of it. Your health will be determined by the word of God. I hope you're getting my point. You know what he said? Man shall not live by what? Bread alone. But what? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God shall a man live. What does that mean? The way we used to interpret as young people was that man shall not live by bread alone. Alone means that something must be added to it. Like some people went and made, made a joke. They said, give us this day our daily bread. They said they were begging the Pope to say, give us this day our daily bread and tea. Because the bread people are selling. The tea people are not selling. You get the joke? So they say, add something to the bread. So we say, man shall not live by bread alone. So one bread and then every word added to it. No, that's not what he meant. What God was saying is that in this life you will encounter, that your experience in life will show that life comes from bread. If you are weak, they give you bread, you eat. You become what? Strong. Bread is stands for food. Say, but that's not the only place life comes from. Life comes also from where? Every word that God speaks. Now, what God did when he, he took Moses away for 40 and then 40 days afterwards, total of 80 days, in which Moses neither ate nor drank, was to let you know that man does not live by bread alone. A man survives for 80 days without eating at all and without drinking water. That's Moses. It's the longest fast in the Bible. And again, as I tell you, fast don't be by force. I hope you're getting my point. Moses was being fed, just not through his mouth. He was being fed through his spirit. Do you get my point? Yeah, he was being fed. He was being fed through his spirit. He was being fed in the presence of God. As he laid prostrate before God, he was being fed. There was infusion into his body, but from the spiritual end. Some people just want to deny themselves of food, but nothing's gone from the other side. They now collapse. You hear what I said? They do what? They collapse. Thank you. They collapse. Collapse is the plural. <laughs> but because they're not being fed by anything. I saw this, I think, in Reader's Digest or other Reader's Digest or um, Newsweek, one of these magazines. And what happened there was that a particular mystic, he told people that he could survive for, I think, a month or two without food and water. So the reporter's dead in that it's not possible. He said, no problem. So they arranged and he sat in a room where they could monitor. He wasn't going anywhere. No food, no water. You know who got tired? The reporters. They watched this man, I think after about 12 days or 14 days, they got tired. The man said, no, he's going to survive without food and water. A mystic. Now, I didn't read it in the church magazine. I read this in a secular magazine. That this guy, he told them that he doesn't need food or water. And I forgot how many months he told them he would do it for. So they said, okay, let's start. They got tired, not him. He just sat down there calmly. Day one, day two, day three. Nothing changed. We were just looking at them like, (laughs) after a while, they, they became afraid. They terminated the observation. Said the man should go. 
And there was nothing. They didn't see. He didn't become weak. He didn't get tired. He got up and walked away like nothing happened. He told them he was going to draw his strength from the spiritual realm. These are not jokes. So when Moses went to the presence of God, that was what he was drinking. Not physical food, not physical drink. But energy was coming to him, not from outside, but from inside. And you know the truth? Paul told us exactly the same thing in Romans chapter 8. He said, even though the body is subject to death because of sin, yet the spirit will give it life because of righteousness. So decay can come from outside, but life is coming from inside. So he said, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit will give life from inside now to your mortal bodies. But every day we study, you know what we are studying? Life comes from outside. So we adjust our diet because life comes from outside. We go for checkups regularly. Why? Life comes from outside. Everything is from the flesh. But Paul said, no, there is a flow of life from inside. And it's not flowing because we are not paying attention. That's what I'm saying. So he said, man does not live by bread alone. But by what? Every word. Let me end today's message here. Eh? I want to explain something. I'll talk about Pastor Corey one day. There's somebody that was ill, critically ill. And eventually the person died. Okay? Now it was something that doctors couldn't really treat. You know, doctors come to an end easily, very fast. I, I attend meetings about twice a week, or on the average, well, more than once a week, all right? Two times in a week, but I'm there a lot of times. And this is happened today's what? Tuesday, yesterday. I said, remember one, one of the things he said, have they called the family? I think it's time to talk to the family. Thomas, he said, that, no, I think it's time to talk to the family. You know what that means? Everything that's been done. The discussion now is that, discuss with the family. First, we can't do anything further. We can give some treatment, but it won't achieve much. Let's see whether it is slow the disease down, but this disease has a one. They will give this family an estimate of how long the person will live, and they discuss how do we make the rest of life comfortable. Doctors do that all the time. It's part of the training. How to break bad news. Nigerians do a lot, one thing. They don't ever listen to that. They will, they will be traveling all over the world. Now, just as an aside, usually, don't refer yourself. If you are listening to this, let a specialist locally refer you. Don't just decide, I'm going to the UK, I'm going to India, I'm going to the US. There's no magic they are working there that Nigerians don't know about. Usually they'll just tell you that we can't do this. But if you go to this particular place, they will do this for you. Stop running around chasing shadows. People do that all the time. And they spend a lot of money. Tens of thousands of dollars. Usually people here, they just tell you, look, one of my friends eh, is a specialist. He's a gastroenterologist. So he does liver disease. So when they told me, he said, hey, Banky, my mom is dead. I said, oh, we knew she was going to die. She was sick. She had the liver issue. And she was going to see, she was sick. So his sister lived abroad in the U.S. said, okay, please send her over. So this is where I'm going. He said to me, when I said, oh, so sad. I just said, wow, it's happened. He said, no, it's okay, it's okay. At least, listen to this. He said, at least she lived longer than my patients who don't listen. He said, I knew there was no treatment. So that when the sister said, please send her over, he pulled the sister's ear. No treatment. I don't want any treatment. He emphasized to her, she's not to be treated for any reason. He said to her clearly, nobody should treat her for any reason. He said she will live longer that way. 
So when she finally died, he said she lived longer than all my patients that don't listen. And they will travel all over the place looking for one treatment or the other. I said, these things don't work. We know. So I let's advise Nigerians, our people, you know, I'm not saying don't go abroad looking for treatment, but let somebody tell you which one. So that's what he said. He said, look, at least you live longer than my patients who don't listen. I tell people, you can go anywhere, but let somebody guide you. Because these people are abroad. Apart from the fact that they're offering health care, they're also doing business. Don't forget it. They will not from India tell you not to bother coming. They won't. They will not bother. There are agencies locally who do the runs. At the end of the day, they do everything that they can, but you know it's not going anywhere. All right? So generally speaking, let's bear that in mind. So, but this is where I'm going. So that day, Pascal and I were talking. And he said, this person said, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm believing God. Now listen to this carefully again. He said, I forgot to ask, how are you believing God? What many people call believing God means I'm doing nothing. I have given up on the doctors or they have given up themselves. So I'm not doing anything. Say, I'm believing God. Say, how are you believing God? And I never forgot that this is here and I had that discussion. So somebody says, I'm believing God. I say, how? And listen, I've had personal life. There have been times I've been ill. I know what I do. It's always the word. The reprint said his own, he took the medicine three times a day, which every meal... Every time he ate, he brought out his Bible. He had, he had colored his Bible from the beginning to the end. He meditated on some of the areas he had colored on divine healing. I hope you're getting my point. That was how he was believing God. Now, why am I saying so? The truth is that you have to be drawing the life from somewhere. The fact that you are not taking medicine does not mean you are drawing life. I hope you're getting my point. You have to be drawing it. There must be an infusion. That's what we are saying. There must be a deliberate infusion. You, you have to do it deliberately. There must be a deliberate infusion. You have to do it deliberately. Why? Because man lives by what? Every word. What does it mean to live? Somebody has a, a sickness and doctors are giving injection. That is, they are trying to give life. But God says it's not only that way that life comes. Life also comes through what? The word. But the person must do what? Eat it. You must also take the infusion. Many Christians think that um, uh, I'm believing God because I did not take the medicine doctor gave me. It can just be you are careless. A lot of people say they are believing God. They are nothing but careless people. They are fatalists. Let the worst happen. I beg. I don't want to take this medicine. And they did not hang up to hope of somebody else's story that they did not personally experience. I hope you are getting my point. You cannot say you are believing God unless you are drinking his own medicine. You go to the hospital, doctor will say, take this one three times a day. Take this injection, this number, come for admission, we'll give you this infusion. If you want to believe God, also go somewhere. And let God tell you, through different ways, what you have to take. Sometimes, it's as simple, as, as practical as, okay, good enough, thank God for technology. So your device, you have a hundred messages there. Every morning, for the first one hour, I listen to a word. Somebody is teaching about the life that is in Christ. Forgiveness. Mercy. The second coming of Jesus. Different things. It doesn't have to be teaching on healing. That's one mistake we used to make. It doesn't have to be teaching on healing. It can be a teaching on how to walk in love. But the person is speaking by the Spirit. So when you are there, you are drinking that life. See, after listening for an hour, I confess scriptures for 30 minutes. Then I lie down and contemplate the things of the Spirit. So I do that 
two hours every morning. That's my medicine. Derek Prince said he's only used to drink scripture with every meal. What does it mean? He just opened this Bible and look at it and read. And after, I think, two months of doing that constantly, what doctors said was incurable disappeared. He had a chronic disease on his arms and his, and his legs and feet. And they, they had worked on it for months until he discovered that. Somebody actually brought a revelation to him. They came to pray with him. And after praying, he was filled with the Spirit. No, before then. But there was an experience. They were inside the car. They prayed. And somebody gave a word of prophecy. Which indicated that he should focus on the work on the cross. That is complete. In his, that is like the, the, a work that is complete and nothing missing. I've forgotten exactly what the person used. And he left the place. He was not healed. He was as sick as before the prayer. But that taught him something. He now began to read scripture. Then he got to Proverbs chapter 4. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, because they are life to those who find them and medicine to their whole flesh. He says, also, scripture is medicine. So he took the scriptures and began to read. And in two months, he was totally cured. I hope you are getting my point here. Listen, what I want to teach, all right, I, I was thinking I'll do it only today, is that there is life in the word and we must stop it for total healing. Now listen to me. You know whether it's malaria or cancer, you know with God, it's the same dose of anointing. I don't know where you're getting my point. To us, it's different doses though. But to him, there's nothing now. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not be healed. The same word. Be healed. That's it. That's all he says. So there's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing too difficult for him. Now, listen. You are listening to this, whether you are here physically, or you are listening to us remotely. I want you to set your eyes, your target very high. Don't even get used to anything that is bad. Let me add this one before I go. I read through my scriptures. I want to analyze that, but we don't have time. When I say, do all do our press of the devil. Okay? Read through the scriptures. There was nobody Jesus encountered and he did not heal. The only people did not heal, he told them why. They are what? Lack of faith. People say, you are judging people. That means they don't have faith. It's not judging. They don't have. I don't know that's my point. If I go to a, to, to a place, I want to buy something. It says it's 500,000 and I don't have. Is he judging me? Why didn't you buy it? Bros, I don't get that money. What will I do? No, no, please. What, what, what will I now do? I, I need an answer. You go and look for... Thank you, sir. You go and look for the money. Maybe you tell them I'll come back in three months. I'll be doing what? Saving. Or I'll go and take a loan. But nobody's judging me now by saying that you, see, you didn't buy it. You, know, you don't have money. It's not a problem. I've just found the cost. Then I'll go and prepare. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, I want to say, look, because sometimes when I say something, sometimes God says no. Believe me, there's no way in scripture he said no to anybody concerning healing. Except the people refused. They're the ones that refused. For example, he said, if, if the snake has beaten anyone, what should he do? Look to the, to the serpent on the pole, attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. He said if anybody will do that, he will be healed. There are those who did not do it. There are those that did not do it. They just said that, ah. Said, look now. He looked. said, I don't see him. Let's go. They said, look now. I don't understand. How am I looking at a, an image? Something made with brass. How does it cause healing? Please excuse me. Can you get me some anti-snake venom here? That's the problem with this wilderness. They don't have hospitals. 
when we were in Egypt. By now, the Egyptian physicians will have tackled this. So I should be gazing at it. Okay, have look. Okay, look. Now let's go. Would they have gotten healed? Did Ul have been judging? Say he had no faith. Not judging. He didn't get healed. Why? He didn't look. Some will look, and they are not expecting anything. So the problem I have with my wife is that if you don't look now, this I, I won't hear the last of this thing. So they are there looking. Why are you looking? My wife said, "Look, you know this is my house. This problem. These women, especially when they are from which part? Where's your wife from?" <laughs> These are those girls. That's how they are. If you don't look the way they say you should look, nothing for you when you get back home. They're not expecting anything. Some are looking and they are checking their WhatsApp messages. Husband, look now. Sorry, I think I have a message. Okay. Are you serious? Aswa has not cut off the strike. There's no. There's no focus. Do you get my point? Why? Because we read from the Amplified Bible that they're supposed to look attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. That's the amplified expression there. And Jesus told us later, just as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness by Moses, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that anyone who believes in him, listen to this, who trusts in him, amplified again, cleaves to him and relies on him, Listen, I want everybody listening to this series. Set your expectations high. Even if it's tooth problem. Say, Lord, no. I must collect my healing complete. Let me say this again. Jesus paid for it. It's not your good works that paid for it. Who paid for it? Jesus. And once he has paid, just look. Have you done that thing? For, you've seen that experience before. Somebody say, I need something. Say, don't worry, we have paid. Somebody your daddy asked me for something. Hey, this, this was needed. I wasn't, you know, sometimes you want to do good. You don't want somebody to scam you. And other times, you know, you know it's not a scam, but money is very funny. Somebody comes to you and I say, please, I need to pay my landlord. Then you mistakenly give him the money. Then he looks, this landlord can't he wait. <laughs> you know some people like that? Yeah, hey, I have seen, I have seen. Hey, 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 I have seen. They really are the landlord, and the landlord really wants to eject them. And how much do they need? He said 50,000 naira. And they came to you and he said, okay. All right, bro. And he says, that, oh, God, I have 15,000. I don't know. You now find 35 and you give him. Two of three of you contribute and give him. And so he looks and says, ah, I'm just going to give this landlord this money like this. <laughs> One of our sisters in their church, they do a lot of charity work like that. One man, they give him money to go and pay his children, his son's tuition in university. No, is it? Or, no, his wife to pay. No. After some time, the boy didn't write the exam. What happened? He said the other needs in the house. Yes, I'm telling you the truth. Hey, hey, that that was not the only problem they had. What I'm telling you, life story. Which happened? Is it this year or late last year? The man carried the money and solved other problems. Now making the church will look wicked. Those who are watching from us, I won't know what's going on. And see, and there are rich people in that church. Oh. They can't even help the poor. These guys helped the poor, and the poor did not help himself. <laughs> it happens sometimes. So one day, somebody did something from me like that. I put all these things together. I said, give me the account number. So I gave one other guy who was helping me do some runs. So we sat together. 
transfer the money to them. This is where I'm going. I printed the receipt, gave to that person. I said, go and give him. Tell him that they can go there. has been paid. So that guy just came and said, good morning. Take. A guy said, I should give you. He looked at it. Ah, you know, don't pay. Yeah, we don't pay now. So you know what he did? He just marched there. All right. So where is my space? He didn't go there to say, please, oh, can you help me? Please, no. Where's my space? The money has been paid. Yeah, that's what he did. He marched there boldly and showed them receipts. Come on, my money has been paid. Go and verify. (laughs) I hope you're getting my point. That is what you are going to do with your healing. That's what you do with your health. Somebody has paid. It's in Isaiah chapter 53. That scripture, forget what our guy was trying to tell us the other day. That scripture meant healing. How do I know? Because if you read Matthew chapter 8 in verse 17, it was quoted by Matthew, having learned it from Jesus. That when Jesus went around healing people, it was to fulfill that which Isaiah has spoken. That himself took our infirmities and our diseases. And by his stripes, we have been healed. Can we rise to our feet and give the Lord thanks for that? We're not doing much praying again. They have spoken a lot. Let's just give the Lord thanks for that. We'll pick it up from there. Any affliction that Christians experience now is called oppression. Every affliction is called what? Every affliction is called what? You know why? Because of forgiveness of sins in Christ. That's it. Begin to give the Lord thanks for forgiveness of sins. Two things. Give him thanks for forgiveness of sins. And then number two, give him thanks for healing that Christ Jesus paid for. Give him thanks for forgiveness of sins. And then give him thanks for healing that Christ paid for. Give him thanks for forgiveness of sins. Two things. Both of them, you find that Isaiah 53. We'll read it later. So every affliction is an oppression. And this is where we are going to get deliverance from every oppression. It doesn't matter if we were born with it, you will get deliverance from every oppression. It doesn't matter if it's your hands that have procured it for you, you have been forgiven. You will get deliverance from every oppression. How? We are going to go through the word of God and drink life from inside it. We are going to go through the word of God and drink life from inside it. 